0: Ready, set.
1: Spartan Race is back for 2018, and we're accepting no excuses. Barbed wire crawls, tyre drags, spear throws, and much more. Whatever your ability, you'll discover the right challenge for you. Take on our 5 to 25-kilometer events designed to push you to limits you never knew you could overcome. Complete an obstacle course race and let adventure back into your life. Are you ready to unleash your inner Spartan warrior? Visit SpartanRace.uk
2: Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast, I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are back after taking a break for a week, while the Titans were also taking a break for a week, and now they are back, because on Sunday at noon, they will face the Baltimore Ravens. So before we get into any of our discussion topics, and there are plenty, let's talk about the Titans' injury situation coming out of the bye week. Um... Corey Davis will play that has been confirmed. Uh Jonathan Cyprian likely to play. Uh Quentin Spain won't play. Uh really the only question mark I think, and DeMarco Murray will also play probably, uh Delaney Walker. That's the big question mark. Other than him, the Titans come out of the bye week much healthier and they're in a good spot.
3: Uh yeah, finally we we'll get uh we'll get to see Corey Davis again. Uh and we'll get to see Jonathan Cyprian again, who we really haven't had a chance to see um, in a full game aside from week one, which was a little rough on his end. But uh, I'm expecting him to be a pretty pretty big part of the secondary. Uh, I think the North Searcy has actually played pretty well. So I'm not sure Cyprian is just going to come in and take all the snaps. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see him. Obviously, I'm excited to see Corey Davis. Uh, he'll give our, our offense a new dimension. Uh, and like you said, we're getting healthier again. Uh, I still think Delaney's going to play. Uh, Malarkey has played players, even though they don't practice uh, in the past. I think DeMarco didn't practice for like a full week. Uh, one time earlier this season and he played, he ended up playing. So uh, I still think Delaney's going to play. And, he, and even if he's not at 100%, uh, I think John New ha- has proven himself capable enough to, to step in there and be a key contributor, even if, if he has to.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's a weird situation because uh, the Titans almost have, you know, as much as they can, they almost have too many talented players at wide receiver and defensive back now that Circe has been playing well and, you know, Decker's, you know, shown flashes. I think between Decker and Taewon Taylor, you're going to get a good game out of one of them. And now they have Corey Davis and Cyprian in the mix. So, you know, it'll be a weird way to see, you know, does Circe get – 30% of the reps still and Cyprian comes in for the majority. Do they split them 50-50? Is it situational? Do they have three safeties on the field? That's what I'm really interested in. I expect Corey Davis to come in and be wide receiver 1 for this team and move everybody else down a peg. I mean, you listen to everybody talk during the week and they I mean, they're all on board with Corey Davis. They're ready to see, you know, I think Malarkey said he, he doesn't think he'll play 60 snaps, but that that doesn't that doesn't change his role in the offense. You know, I, I don't need him playing necessarily on the goal line. Uh, you know, if you're just going to throw a fade, you know, let him rest on that rep. You know, there, there's plenty of times when you can not play him, but when he's in, I expect him to be the X wide receiver in this offense. Uh, the Delaney stuff worries me a little bit, and uh, the Spain stuff worries worries me too. And we're not going to talk about it a lot. You know, just because he's a guard but you know he's one of the better offensive linemen we've had in terms of consistency in the last three years and he you know he was really on the team and started showing how solid he could be before the offensive line turned into what it is now so I worry about that and Walker self-explanatory I I hope they keep him active and he plays 20 snaps a game he's on the field on third down and maybe Jonu and Supernaw find a way to split the reps the rest of the game but I, I don't know. The the biggest injury concern to me is Quentin Spain, and I don't think it'll be talked about enough until the game's going on, and we're trying to figure out where all that pressure's coming from.
3: Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we have Brian Schwenke to, to fill in for him. Who yeah, I, I actually which, look, I like which is, him.
1: So. Which is weird. Yeah, like, Brian Schwenke, like, as a backup guard, feels a lot better than Brian Schwenke as a starter, because you know mm-hmm. that he's going to come off the bench healthy and rested and with a familiarity in the offense. So you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like like it has before when he's been a starter on this offensive line. It feels like he's a really good sixth offensive lineman instead of, you know, a bad starter. So I'm interested to see how he plays.
3: Yeah, and thank you to the Colts for cutting him because I feel much better with Schwenke out there uh, as a fill-in than uh, j- just throwing Corey Levin out into or, the or wild. Or, yeah, I was going to say, or Lolito, who... <laughs> Man, that now, that, did, that did not Corey,
1: work out. Corey Levin is an athletic uh, uh, profile that Jim Coburn likes a lot as a future starter and, you know, a really good starter. So, you know, maybe watch him for later. But, yeah, you're right. You know, it's good to have somebody who is seemingly really good friends with Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones and the rest of the guys, mm-hmm. you know, playing right next to Lewan. So, I mean, he gave the guy a shoe when he needed it most
2: in the Colts game.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, there's got to be some chemistry there. So, we'll, we'll see.
2: So let's address the AFC South elephant in the room, and that's that I don't think anybody would debate at this point other than a couple of people on Twitter that the Titans have the best quarterback situation in the AFC South right now because the Jacksonville Jaguars are having to run the ball 60 times a game because they refuse to let their quarterback throw it uh, because he sucks. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts... (laughs) Have lost their elite starting quarterback Andrew Luck and are now going with someone that they traded a bust draft pick for, a Philip Dorsett for a uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett, and uh, the uh, the the Houston Texans lost uh, lost quarterback Jesus Deshaun Watson to a torn ACL. Rest in peace. If you if you ever need to have a good cry, just go to Peter King's Twitter and search for his tweets from this past week. Um. I mean, all that to say that uh, with Tom Savage, Jacoby Brissett, and Blake Bortles as the other three quarterbacks in this division right now, the Titans see Marcus Mariota, a former Heisman winner, a player of the month last year, and a very, very good starting quarterback. They, there's no reason for them to not like their situation.
3: Yeah, just to touch on the Deshaun Watson injury, uh, if you were on Twitter yesterday when it happened, uh, it became a morgue of sorts and it was just it was really weird, like it was like the obituaries
2: all- in the newspaper. Yeah, it it was a yeah. up- obituary, like
1: it it was it was gross to watch. It was it was very bad reporting.
2: And and yeah don't even think that that distracted people from trying to to uh, to encourage the Houston Texans to sign their boy Colin Kaepernick. Mate, it was quick. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, yeah, no, pe- I don't know. People were really caught up. I mean, it, it's it, not like we don't feel bad.
2: Bob McNair, the guy that called people who kneel for the anthem the inmates. You think Colin Kaepernick it, wants to go there? Yeah, that, that whole thing, like, the
1: rumors are, you know, alleged, blah, 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 that Dwayne Brown wanted out of, uh, Texan, uh, out of the Houston because he never saw eye to eye with what, uh, bob mcnair has said what he's done i mean i, I think there's a story out again not not my, i'm not breaking any news this is stories i've read online um that uh there was a time when obama got elected where he came down and told uh the locker room not to cheer as much because it was really hard on some of the uh gentlemen at the front <laughs> office people and stuff which is i don't know <laughs> the worst thing i've heard. <laughs> For, for everybody to keep it down about Obama getting elected, you know, not getting political here, not Republican, not Democrat, nothing like that. I'm just saying that's never heard sort of that embarrassing. Before. Yeah, that, look that story up. It's super embarrassing. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I mean, maybe if they find incriminating stuff on Bob McNair's phone, he is hired in Houston as sort of, you know, payback for what, what he's done because <laughs> I believe Bob McNair had his... Uh, phone taken up today in the collusion case between mm-hmm. um con kaepernick and but you go know, going back before we get off on a tangent way too far <laughs> um going back to the quarterback situation i i think it's pretty obvious that mario is the best quarterback in the division right now and he is on most days um whether who's healthy or who's not one thing i don't want to see is people complaining and saying well the titans only won it because all these guys are hurt and these guys are playing at quarterback. Let me tell you, I've seen the I've seen Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning win this division with some bad quarterbacks with the Titans, Jaguars and Texans. If you think it takes away from an AFC South championship at all if the Titans do manage to get that, you are incorrect. I don't care if they've got kickers starting as their quarterback. A win is a win, and Titans fans, if if they do come out with a win in the AFC South, you don't need to feel bad about it. It's not tainted. This is just football.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is the NFL. Everyone yeah. gets injured. You play who's in front of you, and injuries are going to happen. People are going to get injured. I mean, Mar- Mariota has finished the last uh, two seasons on IR. I mean, the, the, the and it's, qu- it's, not, it's not like
2: college football where – one year, the SEC is dominant, and then the next year, you know, they don't have a single team in the playoffs, but in the Big Ten, they're, they have two two teams in the playoffs, both of which are essentially NFL teams. Like, it's not like that. There's no, like, everybody's good. Even the Browns are good. Like, beating the Browns, that's an accomplishment.
3: Yeah, and I mean, even even if – all right, let's look at it this way. The AFC North, the Steelers are probably going to run away with it. Uh, and even though none of the quarterbacks in that division are injured, the quarterbacks are Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, who's looked terrible this year, and the Browns. Well, I, I, don't, I don't even know who their quarterback is right now because they keep changing. So what's the difference between that and the AFC South right now? I don't see much of a difference at all. So yeah. I don't like that excuse at all.
2: Yeah. So we, we were kind of chatting before we started recording about this event the Titans have coming up during halftime on Sunday, and that's the uh, the Titans' homecoming, where, as Will joked, we will honor the legacies of four former All-Pros and about uh, 76 former practice squad candidates. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see the kind of reception that Vince Young gets more than anything in, in this homecoming
3: yeah, I mean, we talked about it, and I'm pretty sure that he's gonna get booed. Uh, I mean, I'm like the biggest Vince Young apologist there is in the entire world. Um, so I would not boo him. I don't think you should boo anyone really. I mean, these players put their put their bodies on the line for your team. I don't see a real reason to boo. Unless they like trash the fans or something, I'm not sure Vince Young did that, but it's possible he might have. <laughs> but uh, I would go just to see like the, just to honor the the great the true greats that made the the mid 2000s just so worth it. Players like Roy Dell Williams, uh, a, a wide receiving legend for the Titans. Uh, players like. Donnie Nicky, Ryan Mouton, who couldn't catch a punt return, couldn't catch a punt ever. So those are the types of players that just are going to make the homecoming really worth it, and hopefully we can actually get a win. That's more important.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of kind of suspect names on this list. Now, granted, they played more snaps for the Titans than I ever will, (laughs) so I give them all all the credit in the world. But, I, I mean... I, Vince Young shouldn't get booed, and I don't expect he will because I expect all the bad feelings now have shifted from Vince Young to uh, Fisher. I think Jeff Fisher's kind of retroactively been blamed for a lot of the missteps in Vince Young's career, and I think I think we're going to be a little bit surprised, you know, if they show it or if you're at the game about how Vince Young gets cheered instead of booed. Now going back to, uh, I don't think players should get booed. I think players should get booed. Now, uh, now, not if they're like trying and they just don't have the physical ability. But it doesn't
2: surprise me.
1: uh, I mean, I mean, if a guy's out there and they're like, you know, it's like fourth and one and I see them playing safety or corner or something, and they have a chance to come in and make a big tackle, and instead they just kind of walk up and kind of shoulder tackle a guy, you know, in a big spot where they could have done more, then, yeah, I mean, give them a little bit of the business. But other than that, I mean, don't boo a guy. I honestly can't
2: really think of a Titans player who has been booed. I mean, I can remember countless times where the team was booed, but, like, never an individual player.
3: I remember... Vince Young got booed. I think it was, it was like against the Jaguars. Maybe it was like the second week of the season. Oh, and are you it was about just... like in a game. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I if you wore a number ten jersey for about an eight-year stretch,
3: <laughs> you got booed. Whether
1: whether you were Jake Locker or Vince Young, there was a good chance you were going to get booed. Like, it just <laughs> it was just a tough life for you for a while, and that's just kind of your burden. <laughs> They booed that anthem performer that took a
2: knee after she was done. Oh.
1: They they booed everybody in that game right after all the anthem stuff. So, I mean, the you know, the whole team. So I, I'm not sure how many times an individual Titan has been booed, but I saw a group of Titans get booed pretty heavily.
2: <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about this matchup. The Baltimore Ravens, ever since they won their Super Bowl, have been uh, – stuck in mediocrity with seemingly no hope of ever getting out uh they still have a couple of their building blocks cj mosley terrell suggs they signed uh tony jefferson in free agency but aside from those three guys and and their franchise quarterback joe flacco they have nothing i mean i can't like it's it's bad
3: well actually over the off season i thought uh, I really actually liked what they did because, uh, like you said, they signed Tony Jefferson. Uh, and in the draft, they got a couple of defensive players that I thought were really good, uh, players like Ty Bowser. Uh, I didn't love Marlon Humphrey, but, I mean, he's fine as a cornerback pick, I guess. Uh, they got Tim Williams, and they got um, – what's the other guy? I think it was Wormley from – yeah, from Michigan. So I really liked what they did in the draft defensively, but it kind of felt like they just completely ignored – uh, the offensive side of the ball, uh, except for, I mean, bringing in Jeremy Macklin, who who hadn't played uh, fully healthy for like over over a year. So that was a li- and they got Danny Woodhead, I guess. But I mean, he's been injured the whole the whole season. Uh, like you said, uh, on offense, the talent level is pretty bad. Uh, it, although Alex Collins seems to be the greatest running back of all time, judging by his performance last week. Um, but this is not a roster that a quarterback like Joe Flacco can carry. Thankfully, they their defense has played very well um, almost the whole season, uh, and they've kind of carried them to a couple of wins. So that's possible in this game. But if their if their offense is trailing and they have to play from behind, uh, this is not a team that's built to to win like that. So should be an interesting game.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Ravens are just. The jaguars i mean that that's you know if you're looking for really close facsimile just think mm-hmm, you know yeah. the jaguars but you know the only
2: difference is is the ravens have a competent they, quarterback the, well Ooh. i'm not
1: i'm not even 100 percent sure about that yeah, like, i'm not sure either. real honest but uh i was gonna say the jaguars have slightly better corners and the titans beat them by significant margin so mm-hmm. um i i mean the the real now I'm not sure if it's necessarily a difference with how the Jaguars defensive line plays or anything like that, but Brandon Williams may be uh, one of the two best interior defensive players in the NFL. But, I mean, not 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 a pure pass rusher like Aaron Donald. Let me correct myself, but just a guy who's you know a, the tough old school, hard to move kind of guys like Snacks and Brandon Williams may be. Two of the the top two, you know, in that elite echelon of you know interior defenders, uh, it's it's going to be a huge issue when you've got Schwenke and Ben Jones trying to move him. So that that's something I'm really concerned about. You um, know, the rest of the guys, you you know, you know Mosley. He's been in the league long enough now. Suggs seems like he's been in there for four decades. Uh, you know, all all those guys, you know. But I mean. If you can get out in front, you know, you can live with grinding out in the run game. But if you've got to come from behind and you've got to go, you know, run on obvious downs and pass on obvious downs, you give this team – you know, distinct advantages with guys like Brandon Williams, because I mean, you can't single block it. This, this is kind of my diatribe on the importance of a great nose tackle. If you have a great pocket pushing nose tackle, Mariota won't be able to step up into the pocket, which is a nightmare for accuracy. And it leads to overthrows. It's one of the reason why Kevin Byard got three interceptions, uh, the last time the Titans played if, you know it's going to be a run, you can run blitz around him. If you know it's going to be a pass, you can have him bull rush the pocket and force them to contribute an extra guy. It's it's a nightmare if you've got one of those giant mountains in the middle. So that's where I'm going to be watching. But other than that, this roster really doesn't have a standout blue chip guy.
3: Yeah. Um, just to piggyback on Brandon Williams, uh, he is one of the most important defensive players in the entire league. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize it, but They've kind of realized it this season uh, because he's missed four games for the Ravens, who are four and four. Uh, and in the four games he's played, they've gone three and one. Uh, and in the games he hasn't played, they've kind of gotten wrecked uh, on the ground. Uh, and it shows up in the numbers right now. They're like one of the worst. Uh teams in the league in terms of I think yards per carry given up to running backs Uh, and a lot of that is because williams has missed half the season Uh, and he came back. Um, he came back against the vikings that actually didn't perform that well in that game But their their numbers given up a total points given up in the games that williams has played are 0 10 24 and 0 so I mean, take that as you will, but yeah. and they absolutely stuffed Ajay last week. I Killed think the, the yeah the Dolphins got like two point five yards of carry. They, they shoved him
2: so so hard he fell all the way to Philadelphia. <laughs> I
1: was I was, I was about to say that they beat him up so bad that whatever happened in the locker room after that game ended up <laughs> him getting moved to another team. Like that's crazy. I, I mean. Honestly, that that seems like exactly what happened. Is he he must have gotten real upset with how they used him, and mm-hmm. uh, he got traded.
2: So I I don't know. It's
3: yeah. They're, that not, was an they're, interesting
2: they're... trade. That was very strange. I thought
3: that was weird. That did not make any sense to me. I this mean, this was a
2: great I... trade deadline. It's great. It was a yeah, great trade was, for the was. Eagles. They got a Pro Bowl running back for next to nothing.
3: Yeah, but like apparently he has no knees. And they have Legarrette Blunt already. I don't know. It seemed like well, this could have been like a, a trade for the future, even though he has no knees apparently. <laughs> trade <laughs> for the immediate
2: short term future. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about before we started recording that you know we we joke about Dick LeBeau having lost his touch, and though the Titans haven't got any sacks, but when you look at it in the last couple of weeks, the Titans' defense has been very very stout. And they haven't allowed many points to anybody. The Indianapolis Colts were shut down for the entire second half. The Browns turned the ball over three times. And uh, before both of those games, uh, the Miami Dolphins game, which was a loss, uh, they made Jay Cutler look like a really, really bad quarterback, which he may be. Fair. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, I mean, this defense has had three solid games back-to-back-to-back. And I think – if they had maybe had some sacks in those games, we'd be talking about how they're on a hot streak. But because they haven't gotten those sacks, the narrative is different than it really probably should be.
3: Yeah, I'm starting to think, like, the sack numbers are just an anomaly at this point. Uh, Because over the last few games, they've gotten pretty pretty good amounts of pressure. Um, I I mean, at least just from watching the games. Uh, I, I don't know how to really quantify that, but... Uh, but the sacks aren't showing up on the stat sheet, and it's obviously frustrating. Uh, but like you said, the defense has played fantastic over the over the last two weeks. They've given up under thirty points combined over the last two weeks. Uh, and I mean, if you want to add in the Dolphins game, they only gave up sixteen points in that game. Uh, and one of those touchdowns was um was a defensive score. So the defense really only gave up nine points in that game. So or ten points because I think they missed an extra point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um but they're just uh, they're playing more comfortable right now. Dick LeBeau has figured out something, it seems. Uh, he figured it out halfway through the Colts game because the first half was was frustrating as, as as frustrating as I've been in a while watching the defense, but they they seem to be clicking. Um, the secondary uh, in particular is playing very well. Uh, all the cornerbacks, uh, Kevin Byers just the greatest player of all time uh Denor <laughs> Shorty has has filled in admirably for Cyprian plus we're getting Cyprian back now um and the three the three rotation at corner, cornerback with Sims, Ryan and Adori has been they, they're they're getting pretty good. They're gelling very well together. So uh, I'm curious to see how they play over these next two weeks at home against uh two quarterbacks that are pretty erratic and pretty inconsistent in how they play in, in Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton. So should be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean the defense. I it's hard to quantify because they were so bad in stretches early in the season where they just kept letting easy score after easy score after easy conversion. I mean it was just bad performance week in and week out. That when they quietly have a really good ten quarters in a row, it you really don't. It, you, you not ten, but six quarters in a row, you really don't notice it, but. You know, when you look back and you have time to kind of look, you know, in a bye week and watch the film and kind of look at it and stuff. I mean, they're playing well. I, I thought a Jackson had one of his worst games uh, in, you know, against the Browns out of the last, I don't know, four games. And even then, it was nothing compared to bad games that corners have had for the Titans in the past. I mean, he. He looks like he's a solid player and it finally seems like his lows aren't as low as I was afraid they would be when they drafted him. It feels like his lows are just an average corner and his highs are really good. So, uh, and we haven't even seen him with the ball in his hands yet. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to let it go. The Titans are the second worst team in the NFL getting sacks. They only have 11 this year. (laughs) That's terrible. I, I mean, it, you know, I get that LeBeau and Malarkey and the defense is fine with just getting pressures. You know, I, I keep wanting to get to get mad in press conferences and all. You know, and show some kind of emotion about how they're mad. They're not, and, and we just have to live with that. They think a pressure is equal to a sack for whatever reason. You know, the stats don't show it. That nothing, nothing proves that. But th- that they're okay with it. So we've got to kind of move past it and just be happy when we get a disruption. But. It, you know, I, I have a hard time going through mock drafts and not thinking, wow, I wish the Titans would take. By the way, I, I've i explained this before. As somebody who's been abused by the Titans and back in two win and three win seasons, I, I'm going to check out mock drafts, you know, in November <laughs> every year. And I have a hard time going back going in and looking at a mock draft and not thinking the Titans should go pass rusher with one or two of the first three picks uh, that that's. You know, like I said, you can be as happy as you want with pressures, but sacks end drives, and at a certain point, the Titans are going to have to get sacks to win ball games.
3: Yeah, through the first four weeks, it was looking like the Titans had probably the worst secondary uh, in the league, and they were ranked at least in the bottom three in terms of pass yards per game. Uh, but over the last three weeks, they've really rebounded, and, and it, I mean, it shows in the numbers. They're up to to nineteenth. Uh, in passing yards per game given up which I mean it's still not great but it's middle of the road they're only giving up 229 a game that's really not that bad all things considered uh and they just seem more comfortable right now um so I I, I've been pretty impressed with how they've rebounded and uh they're in the top top half of the league in terms of turnovers uh and, and interceptions so um feeling feeling okay about the defense hopefully the the offense can actually get it going um after the bye week.
2: So you mentioned, uh, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, that's really all Ravens have on offense right now, other than, uh, their quarterback, Joe Flacco. I mean, you have Brashad Perryman, the bust first round pick, uh, uh, hurt Mike Wallace, I believe. So he won't be playing, uh, there's nothing that really scares you on their offense at all. Like even the Browns, like Njoku's a freak. He scares you with the Colts. You have T.Y. Hilton, who's a Pro Bowl receiver, who has torched the Titans for years. And the Dolphins, the Titans have never played well against Jarvis Landry. But like when you look at the Ravens, there's legitimately nothing that scares you.
3: Mike Wallace is actually playing. Um, he's out of the concussion protocol, and he's should be good to go. Uh, regardless of that, I'm not really scared of him anymore. I mean he is a deep threat, but the Titans have been really good at limiting a uh, big place through the passing game this season, uh, which has been kinda of surprising after they gave up so many last season, uh, mainly due to Parrish Cox. But he's not <laughs> he's not here anymore, so we're not giving a big place in the passing game. Uh and it's pretty nice to see. Uh, like you said, Macklin Macklin's still a good receiver. He can still he can still beat you, but the thing is he's a slot receiver uh and logan ryan has been manning the slot pretty much every game uh and he's been really good so i'm not expecting macklin to do much of anything in this game really um i'm not even sure if prashad perryman's playing he's always injured so and <laughs> even if he's not what has he done to to warrant any kind of attention from any any cornerback really uh blow up the point?
2: combine that's it
3: yeah, and then get drafted in the first round for some reason. For no reason, Ooh. really. But anyway, um, I think the only way the Ravens actually win this game is if, they're, is if their running game uh, plays yep. as well as they did last week or even close to the level that they did last week because they were ripping off chunk gains with Alex Collins and even Buck Allen towards the end of that game.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I said, you know, uh, we've we've been asked by another uh, fan sided page to talk about some things, and they they asked us about uh, the Titans' run game, and I ended up writing something like, you know, I'm I would be much more scared of Alex Collins against the Titans' defense than I would Murray and Henry versus the Ravens' defense. I, I have much more confidence that the Titans' mm-hmm. defense will get beat, uh, you know, because. The kind of thing I kind of came back to is I can tell you the good people that can stop the run for the Ravens. I'm going to ask all this. now. My my point will end up being that. I think Alex Collins on Avery Williamson will get the Titans beaten, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. I think if the Titans can't prevent that matchup from happening with blitzes or personnel changes or whatever, then they're going to get themselves killed. Um, so I'm going to ask y'all, who are the impact players on the Titans front seven based off what you've seen this year on the field? Who, who do y'all think are the impact
3: players? Mm. Uh, I mean, I get, it's still Casey, but I really don't think he's had as good of a really? season. Wesley like, Woodyard? Are, are we,
1: are we, yeah, it's Wesley Woodyard. Yeah, Woodyard. It's the only one yeah. I could come up with. I can't remember a game. Casey used to have games where – and they may have been four games apart this season, but he used to have games where he would – have two big plays on a drive, or he yeah. would have one, you know, it would be a crucial down and it'd be third and four, and he'd come in and hit the quarterback and disrupt him and get an incompletion. I mean, I forget he plays for us most of the time. I mean, (laughs) no, no disrespect to Casey because I know he can do, I mean, I know he can be a pro bowl player, but I don't know if it's a scheme thing. I don't know if it's a role change thing. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what it is, but he does not look like the same player that he was before the Titans gave him the contract. And I don't mean that as a slight towards him getting his money, you know, get your money. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I think that's a good benchmark. And at the end of the year, if he doesn't have a big year, people are going to point to that and say, was giving him a contract extension, the wrong thing to do. And, you know, I, I watch him now and I just don't see that explosive playmaker. And we've talked about how he needs to be a three technique and that's fine. But the Titans go some four man looks where he plays three tech and he doesn't explode off the ball there either. So, you know, Brian Arakpo is good when he comes forward, uh, but that's not frequent enough. Um, he's not being used correctly. I think he could be an impact player. And Derek Morgan is solid, but he's always – he is what he's always been, which is a really solid defensive end. But he's not somebody who you're going to really stand on the table to go to a Pro Bowl. And other than that, that's it. I mean, Austin Johnson maybe, uh, but other other than uh, Wesley Woodard, I have a lot of questions about anybody else that would be on that list.
3: I don't. I mean, I don't have like stats in front of me to to back this up at all. So this is this might be a little (laughs) reckless. But have have Morgan or Arakpo had a tackle for a loss this entire season in the run game? I feel like I never see them knifing through. I know they both had. I think
1: I know a had one, I think.
3: I think he had one.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think he had one tackle for loss against Miami. Now, I may be wrong, but that's that's in my head.
3: Dude, it's Kevin Byard usually is the one that just comes out of a safety position and actually gets a tackle Kevin for a lot. Or Woodyard.
2: Kevin.
3: Or Woodyard, right. Or
2: Avery yeah. Williamson. It, or
1: Jayon Brown. And just kidding about yeah. Avery Williamson. Um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, Avery, you know, Avery. <laughs> Kevin Byard is very clearly the guy that they want to be the playmaker on this defense, and he might be that guy. I mean. I'm not saying he's going to be the level of impact that Keith Bullock was or Cortland Finnegan or somebody like that but he look like he has times where he looks like I, I he's visibly getting in the head of defenders where or of uh, quarterbacks where they see the defender across the field You're talking from about saying No, I'm talking about Kevin Byard. Uh <laughs> where like he'll roll like it was especially against uh cleveland where they would roll and it seemed like they didn't want to test wherever part of the field he was at and i get it when you throw three interceptions to a guy i would stop throwing it his way too but it seems like he could be a guy that is the you know the earl thomas the you know a guy who can come and play down in the box and fly around and make plays and you know, really take a game over, and it's somebody that the Titans haven't had in a long time. So I know we've talked about Kevin Byard a lot on this podcast, but, again, this will always be a Kevin Byard appreciation podcast. Mm
2: -hmm. Is he going to be a pro bowler? No. He should should be. be,
1: But he won't. Um, Although, I guess – I I thought the same thing about LeJuan last
2: year, that he should be but won't.
1: The and Kevin Byard should both be All Pros. Can you name me AFC offensive tackles and AFC well, All safeties? Pro isn't
2: AFC NFC. It's just the no, best. no, no, no,
1: no. I'm I'm sorry. I, I meant I meant Pro Bowl, but I meant as a separate point, they should be All Pros. But in terms of Pro Bowlers, can you talk? Can you tell me a better AFC offensive tackle or uh, safety right now? Um,
3: well. I'm looking at interceptions, and Bayard is second right now. Only Micah Hyde has more. So. Yeah. Take that one. How does Antoine Bethea have three interceptions? He's still playing?
1: I, I, does he play? Who does he play for? San Francisco? Dude,
3: Arizona.
1: Arizona.
2: Wow.
3: wow. Shout to Bethea Mac- for making that money. And McCordy has three. Yeah, you're right. I, I can't 30. think
2: of any other AFC. The only two I came up with was Joe Thomas and Cordy Glenn for tackle. And Joe Thomas is out for the season. Yeah,
3: Glenn's been, Glenn's been injured, too. And he was going to get traded.
1: Did Glenn play uh, against the Jets? Because whoever had, they had a left tackle got worked.
3: No, he's been injured. He's been injured. Oh, no. he. I think he might have played. He might have gotten worked. Any, any, he Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he he might have got. I digress. Game, but yeah, we we get we're getting too far off subject. The Titans have some great players.
2: So, um, as as we start to uh, to wrap up, uh, oh, dang it, I, I had a topic I wanted to talk about. Um, oh yeah, let's just talk about Logan Ryan because we were talking about him a little bit before we started the show. Uh, underrated performer so far in the season for the Titans, Logan Ryan.
3: Yeah, after the first, like, two weeks, people were like, this is the biggest free agent bust we've ever had, Uh, and I'm not exactly sure, like, what games they were watching. Um, I mean, he gave up a couple catches fine, but they really weren't, they didn't do a lot of damage, Um, and he's been been great. I mean, he hasn't been picking off passes mainly because he's been playing slot slot cornerback, um, which he didn't play his entire Patriots career when he was picking off passes left and right. Um, but he's done his job capably. Uh, he had that forced fumble uh, in the second game of the season. Uh, and he's played v- very sticky coverage on pretty much any receiver that's coming to, that's come uh, across of him. Um, and he also, he's let us uh, not have to play Bryce McCain in the slot. Uh, so that we could play the best configuration, which is him in the slot and Simpson and Dory outside. So he's yeah. been uh, worth it, uh, in my opinion, worth all $10 million per year.
1: One, one of the good ways you can tell just off the bat if a cornerback is having a decent day is when you look at somebody who just had a really good catch against your defensive backs and you complain about why that guy is covering him. So like when Hopkins caught caught all those passes, I was like, why is Bryce McCain covering Hopkins? <laughs> why is, why is LaShawn Sims not doing a better job covering up? It's, you know, when you don't say that and, or, or when you say that and the name out of your mouth, isn't Logan Ryan, then that means that guy's doing a good job somewhere else. Cause if they have to consistently work that mismatch over and over and over, it means that other guys aren't open and they're having to be predictable in their offense, which some teams want to be, but you know, we're not saying. I mean, we're not seeing like deep passes fly over Ryan's head. We're not seeing him get beat underneath. You know, we're not just seeing him get you know allow like ten catches in front of him. And you know, people don't even really try him. They try Dory until they realize that a Dory is going to knock a pass away or immediately tackle a guy after he catches the ball, and then they go to the other side. But they rarely try Logan Ryan because he's always in pretty solid position and does a good job of disrupting the pass. So. I mean, and that's why the Titans brought him in. They didn't bring him in to be a ball hawk. They didn't bring him in to be a cornerback one to shadow across the field. They brought him in to play one side of the field opposite of a Dory and move inside to the slot when they ran three wide receiver sets. And he's done that well. So John Robinson said, this is what I expect him to be. He brought him in and that's what he is. You know, you can complain that, you know, the price tag may be too high for a guy you think is just a slot corner, but. And the NFL, you know, your slot corner has to be a really good player. So, you know, you if you spend a first round pick on a corner and you spend ten million dollars on a corner, then you expect them to do their jobs well. And now all you need is to find one more guy who can fill out that group, and you'll have a really good defensive backfield.
3: My uh, my theory about giving up big plays has been uh, has been confirmed. Uh, Tennessee is giving up five point one. Uh, Yards per play to opponents, which over this season ranks 12th, which is pretty good. But over the last three, they're giving up just 4.2. And that's second best in the NFL, second only to the Minnesota Vikings. So they've done a really good job limiting big plays.
1: I was going to say, I saw a stat this week that said um, passes of 20 or more yards. The Titans are uh, tied for the least amount in the NFL with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, you know. Everybody know the Vikings are a great defense, and they can get to the quarterback. You know the Titans aren't getting that constant pressure and constant sacks that the Vikings are, and they're still not allowing those big gains over the top. So, you know, for as much as I criticize Dick LeBeau for rushing three, you know, if he can prevent big plays and get tough, and you know, hold them to hold other teams to field goals and get takeaways, that's a formula that will work if you've got a competent offense.
3: And we just have to get Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter. And Anthony Barr.
1: No, no big deal. <laughs> okay, yeah. To be fair, none of those guys were first-round picks, so... Well, oh, hey, if
2: someone wants to argue with me that Logan Ryan was not worth the money, I'll just show them T.Y. Hilton's stat line from Monday Night Football. Oh, my God. Just
1: show him, just show him the W. That's that's all you need. One catch, 18 At yards.
2: This head, guy... Like, T.Y. Hilton, we're used to him going, like, 11 for 145, and he went one for 13.
1: Yeah, You know, uh, the... I don't agree with the whole moneyball approach, but you know when they talk about you're trying to replace runs with runs, you need to try to replace you need to try to buy wins instead. If I can buy a group of guys that can play against the teams into the in the division and win games, I don't care if I have to pay it. You know, you've got the money you have to spend as an NFL team. They're not saving this money and spending it somewhere else. You know, it's not. You know, there's not guys the Titans are letting go. So when they pay 10 million for a guy and he does a good job, I don't care if it's a punter or a center or a long snapper. If you, you know, if you've got a good guy who's, you know, one of the best at his position, or if he's doing a really good job at what you ask him to do, why do you care what he gets paid? It doesn't. It doesn't raise your ticket prices. So, so just calm down and enjoy yeah, the fact that there's the not a Logan
2: Ryan paid. tax on Titans tickets this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that's <laughs> not why the beer at the concession stand is more expensive. That That's a whole different thing.
2: Imagine though, if like, like the dolphins after they got Ndamukong Sue, they just put his picture on all the, the tickets and they were like, yes, we got this all pro defensive tackle. Now your tickets are going to have an Ndamukong Sue tax to help pay for him.
1: That's right. They, they had like a parking meters in the parking lot where when you're uh, you're out of time, and Dominican Sue's face just pops up. <laughs> uh.
2: Well, uh, we've kind of covered everything. It's kind of a boring matchup, to be completely honest.
3: <laughs> it is,
0: yeah, honestly,
1: until, until one of these teams come out and puts thirty points on you know. I'm I'm sure it's always the games we think aren't going to be exciting. The Cleveland Browns game, you
2: know. I don't know that that was necessarily exciting, though. I'll
1: tell you this. I have never been, well, not never, but I'm rarely as anxious as I was for that game. I was on the edge of my seat, you know. We we had a quarterback with his leg basically literally tied behind his back. And, you know, they were the Browns. So, (laughs) pretty fair matchup.
3: (laughs) I'm expecting like a seventeen to thirteen game in this one. I, I this is gonna be a tough watch.
2: Okay, one last topic I, expect, I want to hit. I expect uh, Titans top thirty. Titans running game. Why has it sucked so bad? Why has Demarco Murray looked like he's lost every time he touches the football? And why does Derrick Henry look like me trying to carry the ball
3: in the NFL? These are fair questions. Um, I don't think I don't think the I don't think the run blocking has been as good as it was last year because it was fantastic last year and it's been maybe just a little bit above average this year. But something's up with the with the running backs, and I don't know if it's the running backs coach or, or telling them to do something else. But they're they're not hitting their holes and they're trying to bounce everything outside. I really don't know what's happening. Um, and this is really not this is not the game to to get it figured out because the ravens have a really good run defense so i don't know what's going to happen this the running game in in this game in particular could be could be disgusting to be to be honest
1: yeah i, I mean some of it you have to look back and say you know they played the browns which have a, you know they have a really tough front seven an aggressive front seven they played the seahawks they played the texans back when they had jojo J.J. Watt and Merciless, they played, you know, they, they played They played the Jaguars. They played some good defenses. So, you know, the running game really hadn't had that game where it's like, okay, we're going to beat the tar out of this terrible team, and then we're really going to find our rhythm. You know, it, it seems like the recipe for success for them is run into a brick wall for a whole half, and then in the third half, things started to loosen up, and in the uh, third, half, third quarter, things started to loosen up, and in the fourth quarter, you know, it really breaks open and you, you know, can kind of do something. So, and especially with Henry Layton games, but the way they run it, it just, you know, they're running a lot more pulling guard stuff, which doesn't work because we're not getting the backside sealed off. I, I don't know if that's a Ben Jones issue or I don't know if that's something that the way they're running that is really weird. I'm not sure whether they need to check out of those calls or whether they need a shorter trap or what, whatever, but something is wrong with the way the offensive line and the running game is schemed up this year when they've just decided to fall in love with Josh Klein pulling. Um, so I have problems with that. I would like to see more hat on a hat going, you know, downfield, you know, I'm going to put a full back in and we're going to run it right at you. And, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray aren't going to try to bounce it out and score a touchdown. They just want four yards here. And we haven't seen that yet. So, you know, if, if we see that this week, great. But a lot of it is, uh, what people have talked about is that the, the, uh, defense isn't just, isn't scared of the passing threats. You know, they're not scared of Taewon Taylor. They're not scared of Corey Davis. When you can play, well, not Corey Davis. Cause he hadn't been in Rashard Matthews and Eric Decker, you know, they're supposedly giving extra attention to Delaney Walker, though I don't see it as much as Rubisky seems to claim it happens. But
3: I have not um, noticed that.
1: Yeah, it, he, they they seem to say that it's a huge thing that they're he's getting double covered a lot. I don't I don't think that's true. But when you can force a team to go two high safety instead of single high safety, or if you can force them to not blitz their linebackers and leave that big vacuum in the middle of the field, it you can you can get the running game going, but If you can't get, you know, if you can't force them to do that, you're going to get seven men coming or six men coming, you know, straight at your running back and not have anything to do. And and it it kills you because when you have one more guy than you can block, your running backs automatically trying to cut around and find a hole that's not there anymore. And you're in trouble. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tough to say if it's chicken or the egg with whether the running game would work better if the passing game was working or if so that that's something I'm curious to see when Corey Davis is back the one thing I know that needs to happen is Rabisky needs to call more play action passes if he would run a play and then come back to that same look and run a play action off of it it would force the linebackers to stay home which is always the wrong decision if the linebackers have their feet still they're wrong because in the NFL your wide receivers are running full speed all the time, and your offensive linemen are too. If you can get a linebacker to stop and read something instead of instinctively playing, you get an extra step on him, and that all that athleticism difference is neutralized. You know, if you get Taewon Taylor with an extra step on a linebacker because he's afraid he misses missed the run, then you get a chance at a big play. If you get him afraid that Taewon's going to beat him behind him so he stays still and Ben Jones gets up to the next level, you get a big play. So, you know, all those things work together, but the play-action pass is something the Titans have severely underutilized.
3: Yeah, Some one last uh, point. Um, I think the running game will get better uh, now that Mariota's back to full health uh, because ha- just having the threat of Mariota uh, with his legs um, scrambling or even pulling out on read options – Um, It really does help a run game. You saw it when Chris Johnson went for 2,000 yards. uh, He was playing with Vince Young. um, And just having that extra guy that the defense has to key on or at least has to spy on, um, it can open up run lanes. So um, I think once Mariota's back to full health um, and he's running again, uh, I think um, the running game will be better as a whole because of it.
2: I want to close with this. When the Titans drafted Derrick Henry, every time he got the ball, the entirety of Nissan Stadium would be on the edge of their seats. Now, it, it, it's still the case. I don't know about you guys, but whenever he gets to the ball, I just like want to cry. It's so <laughs> sad. Like he he looks like a bigger Chris Johnson, honestly yeah which sounds great on paper
1: until you realize
2: we mean like the
3: indecisiveness
2: not not the fact that he could
3: just explode and get a
1: touchdown town.
3: yeah it's rough
2: well we we've slandered derrick henry uh so now our episode (laughs) is complete uh so the titans take on the ravens at noon on sunday uh i don't know where you can watch that google it uh and until next Nowhere. time, watch that. that game's watch not that? even a red stadium. stadium. Uh, uh, oh,
3: dude, you're roboting so. Bad. <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna,
2: I'm gonna leave that in. It's gonna add a nice comedic effect to the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Yep. Sorry, guys. We,
2: we will be back early next week to <laughs> recap the Titans game against the Ravens. Until then, for Matthias Wadner Will Lomas, thank you for listening to the Titan Sized Podcast. We will be back next week.